Well, we thank God I've been sharing with you from Joshua, Joshua chapter 6. And this morning, I want to continue. I ended on a note on Friday. I want to start from there because this, I believe, holds the key to the prosperity of this church in the next three to four years. God has been speaking to us so much about what he wants us to do. And yesterday I was sharing with the pastors, we had a Zoom call, and, and let me just share this with you. Please, every church member, I want you to get a good phone that can assess social media. Amen. Don't sit here and say, Pastor, me, I don't want to do. Listen, the world has moved. You must also move. And yes, sir, this world will be a strange place for you. You will be too big to, to fit. So please, get, by the grace of God, yesterday, we have been able to assess a Zoom platform. It means that the church is able to have 10 hosts, which will host 1,000 people for a meeting. So we don't need to meet in persons. For instance, the cell groups and the cell group leaders. Next week, Dennis is going to take you through a training how you will, you will log on the church's portal as a host. We will give you your ID and then you do your cell meetings, the cell fellowship. Because some of you, the in-person cell fellowship, you won't go. I don't know whether you have chewed crocodile's head. Your ear is strong. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. Like the Nigerians call it Pomo. Willie, Willie. So when you have Zoom, you can just at in the comfort of your home be part of every service wherever you are. Then we can reach you. Amen. I mean, we would have lost someone like Sister Eunice, but for Facebook. And when we started Facebook Live, she was the only person who was watching. 2015, and Ivan, or 2016, when Ivan brought the whole idea that I didn't know, he brought it. Thank God for our money we are spending on them is not a waste. So I want to encourage everybody, please, try, try, try. I mean, save money. Enter every shop. You don't, don't, you don't need a fanciful phone. You need a phone that will support you on social media. I'm told, is it Huawei or Huawei? Very, very strong. I'm not doing adverts for anybody, but their phones are quite cheaper. I didn't say in Phoenix, I said Huawei. Samsung is quite expensive. So, but Huawei, unfortunately in Africa, we don't know. In America, it is in strong competition with Apple. Strong, yes, Huawei, the nine, Phantom. It is the same as Apple. In fact, stronger than Apple. So get these phones. Let somebody teach you. The world has moved. Those of you who do hairdressing and you sew or you sell, you can just take pictures and advertise it. You don't need to carry it on your head before people will see that you are selling. Who am I talking to? Are you the one? So please do that and let's, let's, let's quickly move on. Let's move on as, as we prepare ourselves for what God wants to do with us. Well, Joshua chapter 6 verse 1, very quickly. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. Today I'm doing part 3. Yes, no, part 2, sorry. Part 2. Last week I did, Friday I did part, um, 
So let's go. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, say see. Tell your neighbor, see. Come on, turn to somebody and say, see. Hallelujah. He said, tell, he said, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. And I, I explained this on, I think, last Friday, that God was saying that, see, what looks secured, what looks impossible to get, that is what I'm giving you. That which looks like you can never reach out to it. And this morning, as I go through these verses of scripture, I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, that that which men have said is impossible is what God is going to do for you. Don't worry your head. Just believe him. All your part in this equation is believe. That is your part. Just believe. He will, the rest, he knows how to do it. Do you know that in, in, in the Gospels, he told the apostles that when you go out to even evangelize, or, and then they, they bring you before the authorities, don't worry your head about what you will say, for I will put the words on your tongue. That is how powerful God is. Sometimes we worry over what is not necessary. Your part in this relationship with God is just belief. Belief will make you prayerful. Belief will make you a worded person. Belief will make you a confident person. Belief will let you set apart your life for him. Belief will draw you away from playing tricks. Believe. Only believe. That's your part. So he says, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's kings and the, and the mighty men of valor. That's very instructive. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of rams, horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpet. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. Let's, let's read. Then Joshua the son of Nun called the priest and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. Go to ten. Go to ten, please. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. That is what the church doesn't understand. Who are you to control me? It's my life. It's not your life. Do you know how you woke up this morning? If you can explain that, then come back and tell me it's your life. Eleven. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city, going round it once. Then they came into the camp and lost in the camp. Please, let's go. I want to read so that I won't come back here. And Joshua rose early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. Go to 15. So now they are fulfilling the instructions. 
But it came to pass on the seventh day, they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only, they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, shout for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all who are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things. Lest you become accursed when you take off the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and a trouble. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, this morning, I just want to encourage you to understand that this life we live on earth is full of challenges, of difficulties, some very, very, very complex. The more you try to understand, the more confused you get. But what you have to understand is that you don't live for yourself, you live for God. And it is his responsibility to make sure that you become who he says you are. Hallelujah. There is a way for a man, a child of God, or a born-again Christian, a believer for that matter, to live their lives and be successful. This morning, I want to share with you overcoming the obstacles to your breakthroughs. When God promises us, he means it. Whatever God has said concerning you, he is able to make it come to pass. I didn't get an amen. I don't know what God has said about you. But if he has said you are the next millionaire, he is going to honor his word over you. You don't have to be afraid. If God has promised you, and all of us here, I believe, God has spoken things to us, either from this pulpit, either from visiting men of God, or from he has spoken to you from his word himself. You carry a promise on your head. What you need to understand is that it will take God to honor his word over your life. That is why your cooperation with God is important. How does a believer cooperate with God? Your cooperation with God is in obeying his instructions. I didn't get an amen. What I'm simply saying to you this morning, child of God, is that it doesn't matter how difficult and disadvantaged you are, that dream, is a, it can be a reality. That desire is a possibility. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles quickly with me to Psalm 19, verse 7 to 10. Overcoming the obstacles to your breakthroughs. I believe that everybody here has a testimony to share. The time has not just come, but you will share it. I didn't hear the believers in the house. I said you will share it. Number two, you can also decide to go the hard way and there is no guarantee. That is use your mind, use the knowledge of the world, ignore the word of God, but there is no guarantee that that will give you the success. In Joshua chapter 1, 8 to 10, he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. For you shall meditate therein, I'm quoting the King James Version, day and night, and it will give you success and make you prosperous. Hallelujah. So if you want to succeed in this life, you must be careful the things you pay attention to. 
So in Psalm 19 verse 7, this is David speaking and it's very, very important, my brothers and sisters. He says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the enlightening. Now, the enlightenment here is not talking about just revelation. It is talking about if you see a man who has anything valuable, anything worth celebrating happening in their lives, it is because they paid attention to something, which is the commandment of the Lord. And please, this is not the Ten Commandments. Let's move on. Nine. They are reading to ten. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. What is pastor talking about? What I'm saying to you this morning, my brothers and sisters, is that there is a way and there is a principle when it is applied right can change your life and your fortunes and the events that will unfold in your life. Hallelujah. Last Friday we talked about, I said there are eight of them I want to share with you. And I started talking about one. I said that the First principle that will help you to overcome the obstacles because we all have obstacles. Some of you this year, you were believing God that because it was a year of breakthrough, your business would take on another dimension. Unfortunately, COVID has even made it collapse. Some of us were believing God that this year, because of the prophetic word hanging on the church, we were going to see some major changes in our lives. We were hopeful. We were trusting the Lord that something unusual was going to happen. But suddenly, events of the times, happenings of the times, don't seem to support that vision. Don't seem to support that belief anymore. But God sent me to tell you that his word cannot be affected by events and surroundings. It, is, it, is, it has the power to produce and supply what it promised. So it is how we now pursue the word. And so we said instruction, the principle number one is acknowledge the challenge, the difficulties. Don't sit here and say that oh, nothing has happened. Whatever happened was a bad wind. Whether it was a good wind or a bad wind, it has removed some plantains from the ground. Amen. It has removed some plantain trees. Some maize plants have gone down. Whatever has happened this year have affected all of us in one way or the other. Admit it. Then I quickly said that acknowledging the challenge is not a concession of defeat. What it simply means that me accepting that this is what has come against me. This is the business I want to start. But there are 20 people who have come up at once. And they are known. They have the money. Even look at their branding. When you look at them, you are challenged. 
But what God is saying is that understand that all these things are real, but don't let it affect your faith. Hallelujah. Understand that whatever it is, it may be health issues, it may be relational issues, it may be your finances. Some of us, our finances, I don't know whether they dance backsliding or breaks. You know, your finances, they somersault. Sometimes they will stand well, sometimes they don't stand well. You start saving, something happens and everything is gone. And it's like you have come back to square one. God says it's okay to say that this problem exists, but don't let it discourage you. Why is it okay to acknowledge? Acknowledge so that it, it will point you to a superior power. Number two, we said that focus on the greatness of God instead of the challenge. Focus. Focus. Life can never be without challenges. Who am I talking to? Young man, young woman just got married. Full of hope, full of expectation. And then the husband loses his job. It happens. Young man, young woman. Recently we read in Ghana. After wedding reception on their way home, the man died in the car. These are what we call the, 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 the unexpected of this life. After all the preparations you put yourself through, you are confronted with things that make you look useless in life. I remember I was talking, I was counseling a young lady. He said, Pastor, I kept myself for 35 years. I don't know a man. I got married. I've been married for 10 years. I've never missed my period once. Don't be deceived though. Your chastity is not a key or a written note that as soon as you marry, you'll be pregnant. And then she started telling me, I know this girl. She has aborted 10, but she has three children. You know, and the devil will play you to begin to question who God says he is. You are laughing because you all know what I'm talking about. No one young man in the territory, unless you don't hear somebody's foul is missing, you know the person. <laughs> somebody's goat is missing, you know the person. Somebody's plantain is harvested against their knowledge. You know the person. And yet one day they just said they have changed. They start business and they are flourishing. You, you have never even stolen anything in your life. Never denied God of what the things you have to do for him. And yet whatever you put your hands to is not succeeding. Sometimes life can do this to you. Amen. The principle to overcome, one of the major principles to overcome such contradictions of life is to focus on the greatness of God. Focus on the... And we look at Isaiah 40 verse 12. He says that think of the one who has the ocean in his hand. See the sea? It is in the hand of God. That is the God your faith is in. He will not disappoint you. I didn't hear your amen. 
So today I want to talk about the third principle which I introduced on Friday. It is the principle of following God's precise instructions. The principle of following God's precise instruction or obeying instructions. And today I want to spend a lot of time talking about this. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. Oh, I can't wait for this air conditioners to be on. Try. There's you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. <laughs> Some of you, we quote this scripture, but we always turn it. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. No. He didn't say my ways. He said, you, your ways are not my ways. Because God has only one way. I didn't hear an amen. amen. His way is to make you better than you came to him. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. For the path of the righteous shineth brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. That is the way of the Lord. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I think differently. You think differently. What God is simply saying is that when we are confronted with the challenges of life, no matter how disturbing or confusing it is, don't try to reason it out. Turn it over to him. Hallelujah. Turn it over to... Throughout the Bible, we see many strange requests. God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, after promising to make him a great nation through that same son. My ways are not, your ways are not my ways. Abraham was thinking, I'm going to be a great father. And it is Isaac who is going to give birth to a lot of children. His children will also give birth to a lot of children. And God said, okay, that which you think, that's not what I think. Give me that son. Give him to me. God told Naaman, the leper, to dip in a river seven times in order to be cleansed. Second Kings chapter 5. Before a critical battle, he basically told Gideon, you have too many men. Cut them down to 300 from 7,000. Who goes to war with few men? Your ways are not my ways. This morning, what I want to strongly emphasize on to you, my brothers and sisters, is that, yes, it is true. God gave you a mind to think. But never put what you think above what he has said. Never do that. It is risky. Because sometimes you hear people say, ah, but then why did he give us a mind to think? Why did he give me a mind of my own? He didn't give you a mind of your own to judge all with him. To think through his word. He gave you a mind of your own to help you build your life in him. Because we are not robots. This is when you even go to online. You want to upgrade all things. They will ask you, are you a robot? They will ask you. God wants to see what is in your heart. 
He wants to know if you will trust him no matter what happens. Amen. God wants to see. So number one, we said that I gave you examples of how he, he gives instructions. And these instructions turn around the story of people. Abraham, give me Isaac. And you can see that in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, and Genesis 22. Second point, he said, he told Naaman, the leper, dip in the river seven times. Critical battle, he told Gideon, my friend, I don't like this. Number four, Jesus told the disciples to leave everything and follow him. Matthew 4, 19 and 20. Say instructions. Brothers and sisters, your key to the next level in God is in the instructions you follow. Thank you, whoever said amen. God bless you. Your key. Some of us here, we have been praying, believing God for a change in our lives. The essence of prayer, you see, when we say God answers prayer, answered prayer is not always in. You ask for money, take. God doesn't give money. When you pray to God for money, he will give you an idea. And if you don't follow that idea, forget the money. Am I communicating? You pray, oh Lord, you said in your word, none of the singles, none of the daughters of Zion shall lack their mate. So give me my mate. You have prayed. The answer to that prayer is now work on your character. You don't enter every room because it's a man. In the name of looking for a husband, it's not every room you enter. Young man, you are looking for a wife. So God, you said, you will give me a helpmate suitable for me. The word is helpmate. It's not every woman who is a helpmate. Some are scattering mates. And you wonder why your life is not prospering. If you have brought the devourer to your house, how will you prosper? Say, oh, but pastor, it's true. It's true. I believe. I believe in sharing. I believe love is sharing. But don't let sharing become the condition on which you were accepted into a relationship. If that is what is happening to you, start running. Put your two legs on your head. However you roll out, roll out. Now I'm telling you, I will share with you because I love you. I don't even need you to ask me. I don't even need you to ask. I will share. I will give. Really give. You see, and if you truly love, you understand giving. For God so loved the world that if you truly love, no giving is too much. <laughs> you didn't get it. Now I'm telling you, no giving is too much. If you are truly into the person, Sometimes we are 
confronted with situations that makes us want to help ourselves but avoid that temptation. Jesus told them, leave everything and follow me. And when you read Luke's account, it was so, so, so touching. These were fishermen who had gone fishing all night, caught nothing. Then when Jesus came on the scene, they began to become somebody. Then when they became somebody, he said, leave the somebody and follow me. What does that teach you? That tells us that whatever God gives us in this life is meant to support his work. I didn't hear an amen for that. That sounds like logoligi in your ears. Instructions are key. Whenever we disobey God's instructions, we invite darkness into our lives. That's heavy. And sometimes it is not deliberate disregard. Sometimes you think God understands, but beloved, he does not understand. Don't deceive yourself. He does not understand. The fifth point I want to share with you about instruction, the, the things God does. God demands our tithes and offerings. Hallelujah. It's an instruction. Don't joke with it. Don't joke with it. I'm giving you five simple instructions or five um, examples of instructions God gave people in the Bible, right? Number one, we talked about Abraham. Number two, we talked about Naaman, the leper. Number three, we talked about the critical battle, Gideon. Number four, Jesus told his disciples to leave everything. Matthew chapter 4, 19 to 20. And then number five, God demands our tithes and offerings. Everybody look up. Let me speak on this issue for a while. If you are part of a church like ours, understand that we believe that tithes and offerings is part of our faith. It's not a way of the man of God taking money from the church members. Amen. It is not. I've read people trying to say that look at the life of Jesus in the New Testament. He never spoke about tithes and offering. And I wonder which Bible they were reading. Because it's all over the pages. Amen. Hello. When God gives instructions, it becomes his battle strategy. For instance, what I'm saying, or in other words, every instruction of God is his battle strategy for your life. Every instruction. That's why when you ignore instructions, you have ignored your success. When you ignore instructions, you have ignored your victories. When you ignore instructions, you have ignored your own personal progress. It's fearful, isn't it? Very fearful. And look at all, even Jesus himself. He had to follow instructions. 
So it is an instruction. God demands our tithes and our offerings. Let's look at Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. We'll, we'll read a few scriptures here. I want to just show you a few things. Then we'll move on. And I'll connect the story to Joshua chapter 6. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. What is tight? I'm not teaching on tight this morning, but because of the subject, please, let me break it down quickly. Tight is simply means 10% or one-tenth of whatever you earn. In fact, in the law, they were supposed to do this every three days. The church took this decision, not Family Life, uh, what city, sorry. Not what city Christian center. The body of Christ decided that we live in an age where people are not paid three days. Hello? You don't go and say, well, the Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The Lord is my father, so I defy the law of gravity. Go and stand on a tall building and say, I am jumping, but I will suspend. That will be the last time you will think. Because jump and see. These are things God put in place to be respected. In fact, these are the reasons why he gave us the mind to think. Not to be smarter above his word. Am I communicating? So when we talk about the tithe, it is one-tenth. It means that if the whole month, all your income is 10 CDs, you give God one CD. And if you are in this church, you must do it. Because we believe in that. And it is not a belief born out of an interest. It is a requirement from the word of God. So if your salary is 10,000, you give God 1,000 every month. They say, huh? And you want to be a millionaire? Have you observed that these people in the world, they do what we call philanthropic activities. They give freely. Do you know how much money they spend? I say, ah, the people in the world. And, and you even hear some of these people in the world say that pastors are thieves. And that we are teaching about an Old Testament practice. And I don't get it. Seriously speaking, I don't get it. Let me help you to understand. When people refer to the law, eh, they say the Old Testament. The Old Testament is not a law. The law in the Old Testament is about few chapters in the book of Exodus. And even that, the law is the Ten Commandments. What we call law is about 620 to 680 rules about life. One of the rules is that when you farm on a piece of land for two years, leave it so that the land will replenish itself. If you don't want to follow it, go and plant and see what the land will do to you. Am I communicating? So some of the rules God gave us, they are even rules of common sense. Which we don't even follow. Because like a, a typical Jewish person, you can't give birth every year. You must leave time. And the whole idea is that for the woman to recuperate and have a lot of energy for the next baby. I said, no, no, no. My wife, every nine months, she must be pregnant. 
because you are Hercules. She'll be pregnant for you. But one of the, the visits to the uh, labor, she won't come back. So God is saying that we must give him and listen, to help you to understand Titan, simple, simple. Titan is your highest form of worship, not your song. Not your, it's not your song. Titan is your highest form of worship. So if you have not been Titan, don't deceive yourself. So he says, bring in all. Luke 11.42. That's one scripture people play mischief with. But let's interrogate this scripture. I know you are all lawyers in this room. Help me to understand. Luke 11.42. Quickly, please. My time is running out. But woe to you Pharisees. You, for you tight mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass by justice and the love of God. This you ought to have done without leaving the others on. So where in this scripture did Jesus say you are doomed because you pay tight? He was simply saying that you, justice and love is as important as love. But the truth is that that word justice and love simply means that the one who follows the instructions of God is actually walking in justice. Am I communicating? It's actually working in what? So we must understand. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 to 1. I'm talking about Titan. And listen, Titan is what we used to run the church. So if you are not Titan, how do you want the church to be run? And today I'm talking about two things in Titan. Giving your 10% and giving the 10% as 10%. Don't give 5%. You are a thief. Pastor Naska Samson Abedi the Atem. Men did you attem? A Bible assembly may catch up. Atem did you name Malachi 3 6. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Did you hear that? He does not what? So, how can somebody say that what God said in the Old Testament is, is not? And should I do this? See, what the Bible says Old Testament and New Testament. He's simply saying an old relationship and a new relationship. But the thing about the new is that there cannot be new when the old is not guiding it. So the old cannot pass away. That's why Jesus said, I did not come to abolish it. I came to what? Fulfill. How can you see a shadow when the real thing is not existing. Is it possible to see a shadow? Right now, you see my shadow here. The presence of shadows are witnesses that the original exists. So the Old Testament, the books in the Old Testament, which we even call the law, the law, which is a lie. Because the first law appeared in Deuteronomy. Uh, sorry, Exodus. Deuteronomy, in fact, the meaning of the word Deuteronomy is second law. And it was a revision. Titan is not a law. How many of you know about Abraham? 
The Bible says, 20 minutes, 24. Let me use three minutes to do this. Now, this is what brought about tithing. The Bible says that God saw a man and then he decided to start a relationship with the man. When the relationship started, instructions were given. But this man, because of his love for God, went beyond the instructions and established an order which pleased God and made God love him more. Are you understanding it? It is like me and this woman. She knows I love her. She told me when COVID was lifted that I can work out and come around. The, the borders were opened. But I need to work from home. What that meant was that we needed stable internet in the house. So to make sure that she can come and stay and work, I had to go out of my way, which is not part of my marriage vows. It was not part of the vows I took. All I said is, I will go where you go. And she said the same thing. So if I'm in Ghana, she must be in Ghana. <laughs> it was not part of my marriage vows. I didn't promise her anywhere that I will make sure you are comfortable in whatever you are doing. But because I wanted her around, I walked to Ghana Telecom, my own legs. And I said, what is the fastest internet you have? Because I have one at home. I want to upgrade. Then they said, we have office. How much? They mentioned it. It was not in my budget, but I did it. Are you, are you following me? And then she came in. She's been working. Two days ago, you know what she said, honey? When I come for convention of hope, should I even go back? I have not asked her to come and stay. But I have made provisions that have made her stay very comfortable. So she is now saying, can I spend more time? That is how Titan came into existence. Abraham gave God something and God said, mm, this guy understands me. So now he said that, look, for you to benefit like how Abraham has benefited in his relationship with me, follow some of the things he started doing. And Abraham lived before the, 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 the law. So tithing was an act of worship demonstrating his deepest love for God. Don't say, God, I love you, but you know I don't have. It's a lie. Please sit down. Those of you in relationships, married or yet to be married, if this guy is always saying, I don't have, how are you going to go about it? In fact, I'm actually told that there are some women if you want to go into relationship with them, they will ask you, what are you bringing on board? Yeah. They are not Egyptian mummies to be viewed. They must be taken care of. Praise the Lord. So God saw. See, there were things God said about Abraham eh, that are serious. 
I am a great believer in the new creation realities. I understand who we are in Christ. But all Jesus said was that anybody in Christ is greater than John the Baptist, not Abraham. To the extent that on the Sabbath, Jesus had to break the law to attend to a descendant of Abraham. What did this Abraham do to get such attention from God? So when we are talking about Titan, it's not for people who read Bible. It is a whole mystery. It is one of the pillars of our faith. And then the next argument you hear people say is that, eh, but why is it that when Jesus came, he never taught? You don't understand. When you have an assignment, you don't go talking about other things. We have a lot of preachers. Don't you see we all have different emphasis? Do you think it means we don't believe in prayer? There are men of God who never teaches on prayer. Never teach, but they pray. Have you heard one of my mentors, Dr. Tabel, have you heard him saying, that says the Lord before? Now get closer to him. He prophesies. So the fact that something is not made a major topic doesn't mean it is irrelevant. And you must understand that Jesus' assignment on earth was not to establish constitutional or constitution for relationship. It was to redeem man to a relationship he had lost. So it was a reconnection mission. But these people who had lost their relationship were still working in the ordinances. So what was important was to get them into the relationship so that the ordinances they were practicing would be useful and beneficial. That is why Jesus didn't talk about that. In fact, fasting and prayer, he spoke about it once. But he himself was always fasting. One time he said, these people, they are very difficult to please. When you fast, boy. John the Baptist came not fasting. They said there's a demon in him. I have also come eating all the time. And they say, I'm a gluten. Church, when you don't tight, your life becomes tight. When you don't tight, you give the devil free access to your life. Can we go back? Let me read this quickly. Malachi, sorry. Yeah, Malachi 3, 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Let's go, let's go. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And God answered, in tithes and Bishop David Oedipo says, a believer who does not pay tithe is, is an arm. But I doubt if you are an arm robber. You are rather in bed with Satan. Is it Satan who seeks to rob God? Verse 9. Watch it. We'll get to 10. We'll stop. He said, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Mm. 
you wonder why there is no stability. It's because there is no covering. Can you imagine the house you live in? You buy all the beautiful things in life in it and there is no gate to the house. The more you buy, the more thieves you attract to your house. Titan is what gives us protection. Gives us defense. And tight well. Tight well. Amen. This is, this is basic. I didn't even need to spend a lot of time here. But some of you, the way you go about this thing, I'm quite worried for you. Because it is dangerous. You are setting yourself up to fail. You are setting yourself up. Listen, how do you disobey an instruction from God and you go back to him to deliver you? In our family, no matter the need, tithing is first. The pastors will tell you, I pay tight. Ask them, true or false. I pay in this church. I pay tight. My wife pays tight. My children, they pay tight. He said, but pastor, they are not working. I give them pocket money. The, the Bible says tight on your work. It says your income, including your gifts and everything. Sister, your man-to-be gives you pocket money. Pay tight on it. Alice, Ajay gives you pocket money. Pay tight on it. Ajay, Alice gives you pocket money. Pay tight on it. <laughs> and it's 10%. You can do more. We, in my house, we don't even do 10%. But that's one, I don't even bring it in. Because sometimes when I look at my income for the month, me ferry crossed me this is can remember me. So I double it, I triple it. That's my faith. But you, before you build your faith, start from the, the foundation. The foundation is 10%. Listen, I have never seen a tighter who is miserable. See this man sitting here, Pastor Andrew, when we started this commission, the first year. We started in April. June, he walked to me one day. Then my office was in my house. Came with a brown envelope. I'm sure he has forgotten. And he said, my brother, this is my tithe. And this is the rest of my salary. I am putting it into the ministry. Do you know what Pastor Andrew suffered? Some of you don't know. One day, we will give you the rundown. It's a miracle this man is sitting here today and can even talk and remembers the things he says to you. It's a miracle. I, see, me, I don't know what the doctors have seen, but I always, I told you, I, I know what I saw. That day, I was standing here. It was 24 December, 2016 or 17. I'm forgotten. 16, 17, we were ending, no, it was 16, we had just come back from our honeymoon, how can I forget, hey. <laughs> you see how I'm excited, <laughs> oh Jesus, <laughs> Vicky, you go to honeymoon, eh? a lot is your strength, but may it not be in that flight, anyway. I stood here and I saw what happened and I can testify today that it is only God. 
And if you doubt the existence of God, because I've heard people try to make fun. I thought they said their church was powerful. How did it? If you know what happened, then you will know that indeed God is in this house. Because the vision is still, I don't see things and keep them. But this one, every time I'm praying for him, the thing comes back to me. I had just started preaching when I saw the thing. So I stopped. Pastors, you remember that day after that, we had to. Somebody who went to work left the office to be part of a service so he will go back to work, right? And the thing happened. My, 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 this thing is, if God had not even brought him here and the thing had hit him in the office, who would have been there? Pay tight. Mm-hmm. And then you are talking. It's because you are ignorant. But this morning, I've helped you. And those of us who have been cheating God, your income is 300, but you come and pay 10 CDs. Repent. See, if you are sincere about something, you keep record of it. Nothing enters my hands without properly recognizing it. Even shirts, people buy shirts for me. People buy perfume. I will quickly go online. And I take the highest price. And I have a spreadsheet for my tithe. I have it. I just log in. Back, 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 back. So every month, if you see my tithe, it's not a reflection of my income. Necessarily. And you should do that. You know what? Israel had access to Jericho. But Jericho was just the gate to the promised land. Now that they must assess the rooms, because they chopped God's tithe, they couldn't assess the rooms. The sin of Achan. What did he do? He took what God says, don't take. Now, the, the challenge is that when you read the word accursed things, it doesn't mean things that are accursed. The word accursed from the Hebrew simply means Things consecrated to God. Holy things. And God was simply saying is that, what God was simply saying, or God is simply saying to the children of Israel is that, why you don't have to take anything in Jericho is that it is your first victory and the first is always mine. That's another conversation. And I know many of us in this room, we are guilty. There is an offering we call the first fruit offering. Like you, when you start working, the first salary they give you, you must give to God. Say, hey, Papa, how do I wear my wig? How do I do my nails? How do... If you don't have life, what will these things be for you? You must understand these things. And whilst I'm at this, if this year we have the records, this, you don't know, this church, we keep records. If you have not paid tithes, you know. Honor yourself, not me. Diwuhuni. Mr. Abbasem. Ziwuhuni. So that God can bless you. Are we done with the scripture? You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. The word nation there translated means people. 
Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Obey my instructions and see what I cannot do. Follow my decrees. Follow the things I tell you. And beloved, God is calling us to do some great things for him in this city. He wants us to put up a befitting auditorium. And listen, we are going to do it. I'm quiet because I'm doing my own quantities. Yesterday in my mind, I was counting about 25 major pillars. I'm going to share it. And I'm not forcing anybody. Me, me, and, my, me and my family, we will take the pillars supporting here. I think that line we drew was somewhere here. Yeah, somewhere here. There's going to be pillar work here. And then from here, there's going to be space. And then the top, there will be offices and another space up there where people can sit. Yeah, my family, we are going to take the pillars here. What we are simply saying is that God, you can depend on us. And if God can depend on you, what can he do? And then the altar, that one is my personal property. Nobody should come near it. I will build the altar and decorate the stage. It's me. And if I were you, I will start looking for what I will also take. Some of you decide two pillars. Pastor, I will take it. Let me give you an idea of what goes into a pillar. We are going to buy five, eight iron rods. Very thick iron rods. We'll buy stones. We'll buy sand. Water will get here. And cement. Hello. And I am believing God that after convention of hope, we'll remove the roof because the rain would have stopped. And when we remove the roof, we will, we will, well, first of all, we are going to do a fence. We'll remove the roof and then we will start the pillar work. I'm believing God, my brother, that in 90 days, we will raise all the pillars, put the roof trust and roof it and the rest of the work will do it internally. How many believers are here? How many of you believe we can do it? Look, if you have never given to God to test him, try him in this project and see. It works, oh. It does, oh. I'm telling you, I will not tell you these things if it doesn't work. So when God instructs us, it is important we Take that instruction and run in it because in every instruction is God's battle strategy. Number two, in every instruction is God's plan for your redemption, for your deliverance, and for your breakthrough. Number three, in every instruction, it's your glory and your breakthroughs. In every instruction. In every instruction, when God instructs us, my brothers and sisters, he's communicating his battle strategy. When God instructs us, he's communicating his good plans that he has for us. Because instructions are like buying insurance packages. Hallelujah. Shall we rise on our feet?